All right, everyone ready? Yeah. No. Inshallah, everyone's ready. Alchemy is an ancient practice associated with science, chemistry, physics, astronomy, astrology, art, symbology, metallurgy, medicine, and philosophical analysis. And despite that these sciences were not exercised in a scientific way as known today, alchemy is the origin of modern logic. Dear listeners, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and welcome to another episode of The Alchemy of Truth. This is your host, Nasr al Khatib, and with me are my two great co hosts, Amr Sari. Assalamu alaikum, Amr. Wa alaikum assalam. How are you today, Nasr? Alhamdulillah. Me and Amr are sharing a mic today, so you're going to hear a little pause when I talk to Amr. Isn't that right, Amr? That's correct. Yeah, don't, don't make the pause longer than it has to be. Right, and uh, my other co-host is uh, Anna Rose uh, Zaid. Assalamu alaikum, Anna Rose. Welcome, Salam. I have a mic all to myself, so you'll hear most from me. Yes, okay. Anna Rose is also British by birth, so you'll, you'll see that in the accent. Okay. <laughs> Inshallah. So, uh, over to you, uh, Is Amr. that the fact about Anna Rose for the show? Yes, okay. me and Amr are next to each other, and you have a British accent. Move on. Yes, uh, good evening, listeners. Uh, we're going to be talking tonight about an um, uh, exciting conference that's coming up uh, next Saturday at Lebanese Muslim Association is uh, running. It's called Contextualizing Australian Muslim Summit, and it's um, it's uh, it's a it's it's uh, it's about um, you know providing a, a platform for both Muslims and non-Muslims to get together and to tackle issues facing Muslims in society. There's a lot of great guests, and we've got one of the organisers here on the show, and her name is Sabrina Khadod. That was amazing. Didn't practice the name at all. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, anyway, um, and uh, over to uh, Anna to tell Anna us Rose. more. Anna Rose to tell yeah. us more about our, our, our about our guest. All right, Sabrine is a pharmacist. She is also an activist and is involved in many causes in human rights and Islamic identity. She is currently the director of Muslims Without Borders and is one of the conference managers. Sabrine also makes her own lip gloss, and though I really want to interview her about that, instead we'll probably focus on the conference today. So hello, Sabrine. Hi. Assalamu alaikum. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Um, now we'll jump straight in about the title, contextualize. Australian Muslims because that's a really interesting title Mm. Um, and what is being contextualized and how Um, I think more the question shouldn't be what is being contextualized I think the question is why are we contextualizing and um, the answer to that really is that as Muslims living in Australia we're in a very unique uh, position and more broadly speaking as Western Muslims we're we're facing very unique sets of challenges and and issues that we um, need to deal with and so the idea of having a summit like this is to think about these issues within the context of Australia and given the the parameters that we um, involved and to be able to discuss those issues and come to a solution. Hmm. Very interesting so it's kind of it's contextualizing Muslims and Australia and the two of them together. Synergy, if you will. Yes. 
Yes. Okay, brilliant. Now, the term contextualizing can sometimes be used by Muslims to apologize for Muslims or like to assure a non-Muslim media that Muslims are westernized and therefore not frightening or dangerous. So in these cases, the issue can be when Muslims buy into this false representation of Islam and Muslims. In other words, they can be saying, yes, Muslims are nasty and terrorists and everything, but we're different because we've become westernized. So how do you plan on avoiding falling into this trap? Um, I, I think it's it's quite unfortunate that uh, as a Muslim community we tend to um, find a, attempts at altering the status quo to be we're quite suspicious of mm. that, and I guess the, the idea of the idea of contextualising really is about looking at these issues and and trying to say that we want to be pragmatic about these issues mm-hmm. rather than allowing external forces to be solving those issues for us. So it's not about pacifying, you know, the West or, or pacifying Western powers. It's about saying, look, these are our issues and we want to own these issues and solve them for ourselves. Mm. It seems like a conference that's been a while in the making. How long has it taken you guys to, to put the... Uh put the conference uh, together? Uh, we've actually been talking about it for several months now um, and it's it's mainly been over the last um, the last three months or so that we've uh, looked into getting all our speakers on board and organising the conference to mm. be running at this Tell time. Tell us a little bit about your speakers because um, they seem to come from all sort of directions. It doesn't really give a clear um, idea about which direction the conference is going towards. And that's the point. We're not we're not trying to go in a particular particular direction. The the reason we chose the speakers that we chose is that they're either academics or leaders in their field. So they don't have particular agendas or particular views on 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 issues, but rather they have something that they can contribute to this conference and that is a conference of ideas. They can contribute those ideas, ideas that we can discuss as a community and ideas that we can take further and develop into potentially into solutions and into a vision for the community. So what kind of things specifically, if there's anything you can reveal in advance, do you think you'd like to see discussed in a, you know, open, transparent sort of way? Uh, well, look, I mean, the issues are out there for everyone to see. The, the issues that we're really discussing and that we felt are critical for the future of our community are issues such as media, issues like political engagement, um, issues such as capacity building and looking at building institutions and building the framework for the Muslim community to advance within an Australian context. And those are very, those are really critical issues that we need to discuss because they form the, the, the framework for uh, our community to be able to move forward. Now, Islam transcends culture as a religion, so it's relevant to and can be applied to the everyday life of all humans around the world. So if Islam is already sensitive to context, why is such a conference needed? In a, like, I guess, really aggressive way to put this, why have Australians, Muslims, failed to let their Islam transcend their culture? I think going back to what I was saying before, that... As a community, we tend to really shy away from anything that's outside of our comfort zone, and we we don't like to step out of that 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 comfort that we we get used to. So anything that challenges our assumptions and challenges what we're used to and what we've we've faced for such looking at things in a new way is not something that we're accustomed to. So, although Islam in itself is dynamic and has been created as a solution for all of all of mankind and for all time, I think we tend to forget that and, and go mm. back to that status quo and not, not think about the fact that we need to apply our faith 
within the context that we find ourselves in. And I mean, that's been happening throughout throughout the centuries of Islam. You know, jurisprudence and, um, you know, Islamic law has developed over time in response to the context. It's very interesting that you say this because um, history shows that since I think the British colonization of India, that there's always been these two opinions. The first opinion says that basically um, we have to incorporate new, um, I guess, methodologies of learning, for example, of delivering uh, information. Um, and the opposing opinion saying that Islam doesn't need that, that everything can come forth from Islam. So this is the same problem, remember, uh, Anna's that we had with uh, feminism uh, mm. in our shows before, that some people are saying, you know, feminism gives women her rights, and some Muslims would say that Islam gives women her rights. You don't need a, um, uh, I guess, an alien or a foreign structure to be inserted into Islam. A theory. Uh, or a theory, exactly. Um, so what are your thoughts on this, uh, Sabrine? I mean, do you think, um, obviously, you don't think that um, Islam can stand on its own and that it needs some sort of uh, foreign structure, or do you have a different take on this? No, it, it, what I'm, what I'm, I guess, trying to say is that if we look at the development of Islam over the centuries, it was never considered in a vacuum. It was always considered within a particular context. So, which whatever community or country that Islam moved into, it was it it basically developed and evolved in response to that context. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that um, in terms of contextualization, what we really need to look at is marrying our social realities with an understanding of the texts and um, the, the basic values and underlying objectives of Sharia. And I think ultimately that's really what we're trying to get to and what we need to get to as a community. As um, Muslims living here, we've no doubt heard of many people claiming to be progressive Muslims. And from that, we understand that Muslims who are, you know, in my understanding, clearly progressives in, in that they're trying to go back to the original understanding of what Islam means rather than just sticking to, um, you Cultural know, outdated. Yeah, exactly. And then you have people who are uh, progressive Muslims in the, in the fact that they, for example, drink or, for mm. example, uh, you know, engage in other, you know, things that are clearly haram and clearly not part of Islam. So where do you, where do you find um, the, your threshold? I mean, what is too much and what is too little? I think the latter is definitely something that has hijacked um, has hijacked the meaning of uh, progression. And it's really quite sad because when we talk about progressive Islam, unfortunately people get, get this image in their head that progressive, pro, being progressive is all about, like you said, you know, becoming, becoming secularised and becoming all, you know, yes, we can drink and we can mm. do this and we can have that and whatnot. Progressing is not about that. I think what you mentioned before that, which was, um, you know, it's about going back to the original understanding of Islam and trying to bring that forth and applying that to our current situation is really what progressive Islam is about. And in reality, that's what we need to get back to in order to progress and evolve as a community. Um, I just wanted to know, like, some people associate multiculturalism with uh, great food. Yep. How do you define it? Good kebabs, <laughs> totally. Oh, really? <laughs> no, look. Um, I, I mean, multiculturalism is about res it's about respect and it's about uh, having that respect for for pluralism and uh, different understandings and different cultures. Um, but I think m further to that, it's also about having respect for different ideas and ideologies mm -hmm. and views, and um, 
you know, even in this apparently wonderfully multicultural country, we still find um, intolerance and we still find people who don't accept others. And I, I don't think that's necessarily restricted to the wider Australian community. I think we can find that even within our own community where there is that intolerance between yeah. various cultures and communities. And that's quite unfortunate because Islam is, <clears throat> it's all about um, bringing people together regardless of their culture and, and religion should transcend culture. So more, more integration on both sides of the fence. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. I mean, right now, uh, the um, trial of uh, Anders Breivik is happening in Norway. Mm. Now, Anders Breivik says in his 1,000-page manifesto, of which I've read one page, <laughs> um, <laughs> that... Um, one page more than us. Yeah, well... You weirdo. Uh, yeah, well, was it was translated. It, yeah. I mean, I didn't read it Get in the Swedish. Get on that, <laughs> <laughs> um, Were you stuck on the train or something? No, I, it was... It's very it's interesting. Fun. You should <laughs> read what he says. It's oh, very sure, interesting. Yeah. He basically talks about multiculturalism mm. and he even gives it a denigrating name, multiculti, that he keeps mentioning all the time. Those people who have decided to completely, in Europe, to completely disown their cultural heritage and accept everyone, including, of course, the Muslims. And so that's why he went and killed those 70 people, 77 people. He actually, I think, meant yeah. to just destroy everybody on that uh, island because they were the new phase of multiculturalism that was going to allow Muslims to embed themselves into the culture and basically change everything. How do you think that translates into here? Are there similar torrents here of, of uh, distrust of multiculturalism, of uh, fear of failure of multiculturalism? I think, I mean, it, there are definitely going to be people out there on all who will will believe that and they will believe that you know multiculturalism has failed or that it's creating more harm than good um, but I, I I wouldn't say it's as widespread in Australia as yeah. it is in Europe and um, it's from what from my own experience I feel that Australians generally are a lot more accepting yeah I agree. than they do than they are in many other parts of the world and for that we're, we're really lucky and I think that's something that we should be um, trying to build on rather than trying to isolate ourselves yeah it becomes very interesting too when multiculturalism doesn't just apply to a group of people but to a person themselves such as second generation muslims who are genuinely culturally say i don't know arab or indonesian or something but then genuinely culturally australian as well and mm. trying to balance within themselves multiculturalism and competing ideas and mm. yeah it's a very interesting area i think so do you kind of go into this sort of you know competing cultures or that kind of thing for second generation muslims um do you mean for the conference or, or generally conference or generally generally um i mean it, it's something that we've all experienced and as you said as second generation australian australians we do find that we are competing um or we find that we have to compromise between our traditional cultural heritage mm -hmm. and what we're expected to be as Australians. But I mean, I guess even that's up, up for debate as well, the, the concept of, you know, what, what makes you yeah. Australian, what is Australian. Um, so I think I think we've we might have evolved a bit from that because I don't, I don't see it as much as um, as it may have occurred in the past. I think we've sort of achieved a certain level of a balance between the two yeah. um, but again I guess that depends on, on who you're speaking to and what part of the community you're, you're relating to so okay. I just wanted to ask you um, you seem like very well spoken in terms of uh, direction that 
the community should uh, should well be spoken. well spoken. <laughs> well, yeah. well, what do you mean for a lab? Well spoken. Well spoken for you know. <laughs> I take offence to that. Very 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 young, very well spoken, and. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to know how, how you um, how you how you feel into this kind of the community based um, projects and stuff. Uh, I'll actually tell you a little, little story. Um, during my HSC, I got a little bored of studying, and um, in the final week, right before my chemistry exam, I decided to go and volunteer at the LMA. <laughs> and um, anything was but study. Anything <laughs> but study. Procrastination yeah. all the way. Um, and you know, that was actually my first my first. My initiation into the Muslim community, so to speak. Before that, I was working a lot with Amnesty International as well. Hey. Um, oh, really? I, mean, I know someone that works at Amnesty International. Really? Her name is Anna Rose. Oh, really? great! I nice to meet you. I never speak about it ever, like every single conversation, <laughs> for example. Uh, yeah, so that was my. How did you? Entry. So that's how you stumbled upon it, um, just through the um, just getting away from the books. Pretty much, yeah, okay. yeah. Hmm. It turned out to be quite productive. Productive procrastination. And it, how how long ago were we talking about? A uh, long time now, seven years. Wow, seven years. Yeah. Can you tell us more about this young leadership program? They have a young leadership program that that, that, is, that that's actually putting this conference um, together. So. Okay, so the leadership, the the sharing humanity leaders, young leaders program, uh, yeah. Yeah. is um, it's a program that was funded through the Attorney General's Department, um, which the LMA uh, received earlier in the year, and basically through that that pro program the idea is to train up um, we've got about 20 young leaders in our group and we're they're being basically trained to be able to take on leadership positions and so within the group I mean we've been assigned the conference so we're looking after the conference and there are several other projects that are being done that will be launched at the conference as well okay so so so, so attendees can expect some uh, surprises about yeah. up, about the future direction yep definitely now it seems as though all the speakers, or most of the speakers, and please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but that all the speakers may have similar views on things like, say, democracy and engaging in Australian society. But not all Muslims and not all Muslim leaders in Australia necessarily agree on these topics. So considering this summit is a debate, will we see a plurality of views and opinions? Um, just to clarify, we didn't actually choose the speakers based on on what their perceived opinions would be. They were, as I mentioned before, they were actually chosen um, based on the fact that they were either leaders in their field or yeah. they they'd performed some sort of academic research on the, on the area. And I think that's really important to be able to give such people the platform to be yeah. able to, to discuss their findings and what their views are for the future of our community. Um, so... In saying that, there will be opportunities within the uh, throughout the summit. After each speaker, um, there will be an open mic for people to just stand up and basically, you know, respond to the speaker and give their own opinions and their own um, their own views. And there's also going to be a Q and A panel towards the end of the summit as well, where you can talk to all the speakers for about an hour or so. HT's time to shine. <laughs> Are there? Um, I just wanted to. Uh Sorry. Um, talk about uh, the, the common challenges uh, that, you know, as Muslims in Australia that we face. And, mm -hmm. um, Are you speaking to the mic, man? Yeah, I am, I'm speaking to the I'm mic. I'm looking at the recording. Your voice? Oh, really? No, okay. Before, you know, my voice is too loud. Now it's too low. It's hard to strike oh, that. Oh, they're cute. Uh, they're like an old married couple. Yeah. <laughs> hard to strike this balance here with Norsev. <laughs> we're contextualizing. <laughs> no, it's all about we should, we should get to this conference and we're going to have a question after. <laughs> Um, what are the, some of the, the common challenges that you've heard of and that uh, you'll be uh, addressing? 
Uh, look, I, I don't even think I need to need to talk about the challenges. We face, we face them every day. Things sure. such as, you know, dis- discrimination. In, we all love a moan fest. Come on, yeah, we, talk yeah. about something. Why not? Let's go. <laughs> uh, discrimination in employment. I mean, that, that that's a that's a pretty big one. Um, you know, Islamophobia, the, the fact that the media just absolutely loves us. Um, <laughs> you know, and to be honest, one of, the, one of the big issues for me that I think we're really uh, falling behind on is the fact that we lack good leadership. And this is something that we, you know, as a community, I think we've been discussing for a very long time, um, but we don't really have, we don't really have a central, I think, body that can lead us into that into the future. Yeah, <coughs> it, it's um, very interesting how you're saying that we lack leadership. It would be great <laughs> if an organisation that's been around in Australia for the last thirty years would come up with an academic and Islamic, you know, management leadership course that would help the Muslim community. Uh, someone like, I don't know, FAMSI launching in February 2013. Oh, my God. We're talking about the Baylip program. Would, uh, is it Baylip? No, what is so it? This is I mean, immoral. Oh, yes. is it? Is it B-A-I-L-P? Is it? Is that it? They're literally just advertising their show. No, no, we're not. Okay. Just, uh, this they is are. very organic. All of this is organic. <laughs> it's pathetic. It's like on Carl and Jackie O when they discuss an ad rather than the ad presents itself. Yeah, but this is not an ad because we're not getting paid for it. Whatever, Kyle. Okay. Oh, I just remembered. I'm also the head of marketing for it. So. Oh, it's remembered. Judy of this. Are getting paid for this? Thanks for sharing. I wish I was paid. He wish. But yeah, I agree. Though it is really interesting because when you say good leadership, it's. I think it's really hard to find a good leader, especially mm. for the Islamic community that needs, it needs to be so multifaceted, like, you know, good for the men, good for the women, good for the youth, mm. good for, you know, um, first generation migrants, second generation, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, you know, like, are they appealing to the academics among us or the, you know, more um, uh, vocational based career path people? And mm. do you mean more like an imam or like, it's a really, it's so it's vague a, a concept, basically, yeah. of what, like, what would be the model good leadership in the Islamic community? Do you think? For me, I I would see a good leader mm. for the Muslim community as being someone that can instill vision mm. into our community. So someone that will be able to at least paint a picture of where we want to be in twenty, thirty years time, and actually make active attempts at at working towards that. Um, and we don't really see that now. We're, we're very reactive rather than proactive. Um, and I think that's a, that's a huge problem that we really, really, really need to work on yeah, um, in order to, to really move forward. I think a lot of our listeners as well would, would strongly agree with that point. Just the fact that whenever something like this happens, I mean, if it's anything to do with a guy breaking a chair or, um, you know, a guy uh, killing his wife or something like that, whatever it is, there's always a very strongly reactive um, uh, an immature reaction, I mean, from the community, from the leadership of the community. It makes us look really bad. Mm. And when we're out there trying to present ourselves properly, when we weigh every word that comes out of our mouths and every color of hijab that we wear, mm. of the women <laughs> of us anyway, you know, if something like that happens, then we basically, um, you know, lose all of our credibility. So it's very difficult. Um, so, inshallah. Uh, it's going to be very good um, starting this conference. Tell us a little bit about the conference itself in, in terms of short term and long term. So do you have any long term plans for the conference as well? Or is it just sort of a one off like every other conference over the last 30 years? Uh, definitely not one off. No. Uh, the immediate plan is we want our delegates to come out of it feeling somewhat empowered 
or or at least they feeling as though they've started that conversation to get to get somewhere and i think really that's where everything starts that's where change starts it's mm. about bouncing ideas off each other and discussing ways of moving forward with an open mind and i think that's really really important point to make because you need that open mind in order to move forward i guess the best way i guess to describe it would be like uh, throwing a little stone in a pond and it causes like the ripple effect yeah and, and generally it gets bigger and bigger yeah so, so that's i think that that would be a good aim so we're point. throwing the first mm. stone <laughs> the thing that interests me and this is going to be really pessimistic though is i feel in the islamic community there is so much emphasis on leadership especially among young people and conferences and programs and workshops and all this kind of thing um all geared to young muslims trying to make them you know the leaders and future leaders um, and this kind of thing. So how do you think this conference will be different to other things that are out there? Or if it's not, do, like, do you not necessarily think it needs to be different? Or, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that the emphasis on the leadership development is the problem. In fact, I would say there, there isn't enough of that happening. Um, I think the problem is when those that training is not translated into reality. Mm. I think what's happening, and this is what I'm seeing quite a lot of, is that a lot of young Muslims who have the potential to be going on to actually lead our community into a much brighter future are becoming disillusioned with, mm. with the way the community is being run. And I think until until those forces change, until those factors are changed, that disillusionment is going to continue. And um, I think with the conference, the, my hope for the conference is that at the end of it, because of because of the, the calibre of the speakers and the types of ideas being discussed and hopefully the, the follow-up, which will be, you know, a series of workshops yeah. and we hope we're planning to, to continue this summit as a, as a regular, um, a regular conference um, and expanding it as well, that, that through that we'll be able to at least start that ripple effect. Yeah, that sounds great, inshallah. Um this is um, a very grand undertaking. Mm. I mean, you're putting a lot of stuff on your plate. That's an understatement. Uh, it is. <laughs> uh, um, if you if you had the chance to do it all over again, what would you do different? I mean, I know the conference hasn't started yet, but it's starting <laughs> well, in two weeks. Very good question. Started planning earlier, I'd say. Yeah, I think that 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 would be the main thing. Inshallah. But you guys got a, a very good crowd. Mm. Um, in terms of speakers, I mean, you've got uh, who you've got Aftab Malik, yep, who is the president of the United States. He was, wasn't he? Mm. I don't know. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Malik Obama. <laughs> Just before George Bush, I <laughs> he think was, he, he was, was the head oh, of that's what happened. the Zaytuna Institute in L London. Is that right? Y yeah, the former CEO of of the Zaytuna Institute. Yeah, so the former in is London. In London. It's the US, I believe. Oh, okay, yeah, I thought US. it was US. Sorry, I thought I got confused with the Zaytunas. Um, <laughs> So he was the, the former CEO of uh, the Zaytun Institute. Are you guys still having the Q&A session? Yes, we are still having the Q&A session. And that will be a panel with everybody for an hour so you can pick yeah. their brains. Oh, mm. mashallah. Okay, that's great. Mm. Uh, okay, so the Q&A session, that's uh, great as well. Um, so the conference is just going to be on the Saturday, isn't it? Yes, it's just on the Saturday. Uh, is there going to be any follow-up at all on the Sunday, or is that just... There's going to be the Open Mosque Day on Sunday, yeah. um, and that's just the regular yearly annual... Uh, Tautology. That's the uh, the annual annual mosque that we have at Lakemba Mosque, um, and that will be the following day on Sunday, the first of July. And uh, for our listeners, uh, the conference kicks off at uh, nine o'clock at the 
LMA at uh, 7175 Wanji Road. You can find details on the Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash contextualizing Australian Muslim Summit 2012 or email at uh, conference at lma.org.au. So that's uh, 9 to 5 next Saturday. Sabrine, thank you so much for being interviewed today on Alchemy of Truth. Thank you for having me. Just one more thing. It says underneath here, LMA office, right? And the LMA is capitals and the office is capital as well. If you look at it, it'll say LMAO. So (laughs) I might want (laughs) to check on that. Uh, not very relevant. Oh, right. God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you. So, um, thank and you very much. And on that horrible note, <laughs> yeah. moving on. Inshallah. Thank you uh, for uh, being part of our yeah. Sabrina. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for having let's me. Let's get back to that. <laughs> no, yeah. So, uh, we'll uh, stop uh, with a little break. A Nasheed suggested by one of our listeners. It is The Narcissist fe- featuring Shadia Mansoor. The song is called Alhamdulillah. Bismillah. I like the feeling when I miss Falah and wish to God. And we're back! Yeah, okay, relax, man. <laughs> okay, so that was the song. It's a very good, beautiful song. And that was requested by our um, mortal enemy, Miran Husni, from The Wife Actor. So, is she even listening? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah this she is keeps for you, Miran. This is for you. She's been commenting the Here's whole show. the guilt factor. Well, commented twice. That's the whole show. The whole show. Inshallah. So, um, we just had... Um, uh, Sabrine. Sabrine Khodor with us who was our guest and who was organizing one of the organizers for the CAMS 2012 uh, conference which inshallah will be a great success inshallah going to lead to a lot of great things um, the guests are great uh, read us the guests there uh, Amr hmm. well I just happen to have the list handy right in front of me and also what a coincidence uh, it's uh, it's after Malik Dr. Nasra Bafi Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's Even I can read better than that. I'm okay. an Arab. So, so we've got uh, Aftab Malik. We've got Dr. Nasha Baffin. And uh, she is a lecturer at UTS. What does she lecture? Sorry? What does she lecture? I think media. Pretty sure. Because she also works for... Uh, something like that ABC or something like that yeah she used to be my president she's just making things up the, no 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 she used to be uh, actually no I asked her to be president she never was what she was the secretary of the Islamic Society of Deakin University at some point um, Peter Gould who is the Peter Gould we all know Peter Gould I don't Peter Gould is the artist Peter Gould he is a artist who More. does a lot of um, design stuff a lot of art he does a lot of collateral for like uh, Zaytuna Institute and stuff like that so ah. he's, he's very um, uh, creative and um, is he a convert Yes, well, you could have us. guessed from Peter Gould. Well, yes. no, yeah, well, oh, yeah, he's one us. of you. That's right. Yes, um, Anna Rose is not born Muslim. Oh, she's Anna Rose a, fact number two. Yeah, okay. <laughs> she's a reverse, so she's always born you Muslim. You literally bring this Anyways. up every single show, and every time you say it as though you have never said it before. Hold on a second. You said Peter Gould is one of us. Yeah. You started. Anyways, we're, we're, we're People knew. To, yeah. Shaban Umran, who is uh, working with... Um, what was he working with? With Talal Yasin at Crescent Wealth, which is a great initiative for uh, Muslim investment or Islamic investment uh, in uh, this part of the world. Uh, Ansari uh, Zainul Abedin, who is uh, going to be talking to us about um, what is it again? Asset management, asset building. Oh yeah, asset. Asset building. Building. Yeah, which is basically using the community strengths to. Don't its worry, potential. people. It's not banking. Jamila Hussain, who is a lecturer of uh, Islamic uh, law at yeah. uh, UTS, 
And she's a great um, uh, lecturer. She's a great and thinker. And infidel law too, I think. Infidel law too? Yeah. Oh, yes. So she's a lawyer of infidel and Islamic law. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hisham Zareka? I don't know who Hisham Zareka is. No. No? Awkward. I'm sure they're very, very important. Yeah. <laughs> awesome guy. <laughs> very influential. And uh, Amal Awad, who is the uh, writer of the book... Um, Courting Samira. Courting Samira. Who all three of us... Coincidentally... Yes, all three of us are reading her book because we're going to interview her... Uh, next, next week, week and I will have heaps of fun as the girl and the other two will be incredibly awkward so that's one to listen to yes. it'll be like fashion show all over again we will see who will out awkward <laughs> who. Uh, and now we come to do the end do not offer to her to marry anyone like you do usually okay, okay. and now we come to the end of is she married? Yeah, moving on okay anyway. and now we come to the end of our show uh, we would like to thank our guest uh, Sabrin Khudur for coming in on the show and for asking all of our, uh, answering all of our questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks also to uh, my co-hosts uh, Amr Sari and um, and Anna Rose Zaid. And uh, also we have a uh, special guest. Uh, little guest here, Hamoudi. He is going to uh, uh, send us off. So Hamoudi, would you like to uh, say the send off? Thank you for listening to this week's show. Next week on. The Alchemy of Truth will be another great episode. MashaAllah. That's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to say. Zakallah Khan, thank you very much, Hamoudi. And uh, now we do come to the end of our show with your host, Nasr Khatib, wishing you a good night and a great weekend, inshallah. All the best to the uh, Parameda Eels. I think they're losing this week. Total <laughs> pip. Go the Bulldogs. And uh, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. <laughs>